Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Hi there, good morning. Hello there. Welcome. Good to see you. Nice to be back. Uh, Happy to look again in my Thessalonians. Um, and thank you to Joshua for carrying on the good tradition with us last week. Um, so I'm going to, uh, in fact, I did um, kind of stay awake a little bit last night, I must admit, um, tossing and turning because I was really kind of stirred about something um, that is in this uh, passage that I want to share with you today. And I want to just read um, two verses, uh, chapter 3, verse 11, which says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. And then I want to jump ahead to chapter 4 and verse 1, where it says, Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. And so two two verses there, which I think want to kind of connect uh, together for you. And really my heading today is this, what God will do and what we must do. So firstly, what God will do. And in chapter 3, verse 11, it says there that uh, God will clear the way for us to be with you again. I know, obviously, Joshua spoke about this last week, but it's so alive with me that I I need to just come back to it and encourage us because I think God is speaking to us through this verse. God will clear the way for us to be with you again. Now, you'll remember that in chapter 2 and verse 18, It said there that Satan had stopped the Apostle Paul from going back to be with the people. Satan had kind of put obstacles in the road to prevent them from getting through. But it says here that God will clear the way. He will clear the obstacles out of the way so that they can be reunited. And notice how Paul speaks about God the Father himself and our Lord Jesus. So it's like Paul is pulling out the big guns here as he prays. He's not just praying generally, but he is invoking the name of God, the Father and the Lord Jesus. He's really going for it in this prayer. And that's a great model for us when we pray, that we pray with authority and we pray with confidence and with conviction. And he is certainly saying, you know, God the Father and the Lord Jesus. Notice, by the way, that kind of reference to God the Father and the Lord Jesus. Jesus is God. Uh, Paul prays to Jesus as God alongside God the Father. Uh, Back in the fourth century, we had a a heretic called Arius who was saying that Jesus is not God. And Athanasius uh, stood his ground against Arius and told us clearly and taught us clearly and established clearly that the scripture is clear that Jesus is God. And one of the verses that Athanasius used was this verse here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, that Jesus is God. And so therefore, uh, while Satan might be mighty, God is almighty. 
while Satan um, is powerful, actually, we don't need to be too preoccupied with him because God is all powerful and he is able to clear the way where there is no way. There's a lovely song uh, that, uh, excuse me. There's a fantastic song, um, Waymaker. There's an older song by Don Mion, which says this, God will make a way where there is no way. God is able to clear the path, to make a way. And it's not that God is waiting for Satan to have a weak moment or for Satan to kind of have a bad day uh, and to, or to change his mind. No, God, at the flick of a switch, at any moment in time, can clear the path. He is all powerful and able to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And so he can clear all obstacles in his path, as he did with Moses, with the Red Sea, as he did with Joshua, going through the Jordan. God made a way where there was no way. As God promised through Isaiah to the uh, the, the Israelites who were in exile in Babylon and felt that there was no way out and no way through and no way home. And yet God promised in Isaiah 43, and it's worth reading the chapter, that God would make a way for them. Like through the desert, he would make a way for them. And so, folks, as we long perhaps to be back in schools again, as we long perhaps to see our friends again or to be with our relatives again, as we long to be back in church or being with one another, with the church family again, as we long to do all sorts of things that we haven't been able to do, we can have full confidence that God is able to make a way where there is no way. Obviously, we're excited about the news and announcements that were made yesterday, uh, and we're thankful to the scientists and so on. But actually, we need to pray to God and we need to ask God to clear all the obstacles out of the way. Now, it's God's timing. Whilst Paul was confident that God was going to do this, what is not clear is when exactly it's going to happen. And in actual fact, if we read Acts, it seems that it was still some time before Paul did end up going back to Thessalonia to be with the church there. Um, so the timing is in God's hands. All the more reason for us to pray. That's why we've got a week of prayer next week, starting on Sunday night, um, half an hour on Sunday night, and then every day for half an hour through next week. Great timing for us to pray to God the Father and the Lord Jesus, that they may clear a way and make a path. So that's what God will do. Now, just quickly to open up in chapter four and verse one, it goes on to tell us what we must do. And Paul says there that uh, finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. We instructed you how you must live. Now, the phrase there, finally, isn't actually, oh, by the way, I'm just finishing the letter now. He's still got two chapters to go. Uh, rather, he is saying, finally, as in now then, there's a kind of change in subject here for Paul. He's transitioning in chapter four. And I'm excited about what we're going to look at in chapter four, because there's a change of tone. Having prayed for them to increase in love and holiness, he now instructs them how to increase in love and holiness. Paul moves from, uh, from kind of um, uh, explanations of his behaviour to instructions about their behaviour. 
You see, Timothy has come back from uh, the church and he's come to Paul in Corinth and explained to Paul, hey, the Christians are doing well. They're standing firm in God. But at the same time, Timothy also says they've got some questions that they want answered. Or perhaps Timothy says to Paul, I noticed some things. I heard some things about the Christians there. There's some gaps in their knowledge. As Paul says back in chapter three and verse 10, I long to supply to you what is lacking. And I think there that that is reference to things that are lacking, gaps in their discipleship, gaps in their knowledge, but more importantly in their practice they seem to know quite a lot but in their practical living there are still gaps discipleship is a really important issue and so he is now going to instruct them in what they must do and the phrase there is how you must walk I'm going to instruct you it's not an optional extra it's not like well the gospel is definite but then how you live well that's down to you that's an optional thing now this is mandatory just as the gospel is a revelation from heaven from God which cannot be altered and cannot be messed with so God's instructions about how we live practically cannot be altered they are from God and they are for all people and all of God's people to live and comply with fully in every way. And so Paul is going to give clear instructions, and I look forward to digging into these, about issues uh, such as sex, uh, love, work, and even issues around death and grieving. And so uh, real impractical instructions. Paul is moving now from his pastoral relationship with these people to practical instructions about how they should live. He's moving from what they believe to how they should behave in the light of what they believe. He is moving from an explanation of his behavior to uh, instructions about their behavior. He is moving from his ministry to them, to their morals and their living and how they're to live that out. It's really interesting what we're going to look at. But let me conclude by saying this. We see here that there are things that God will do, and we can be confident that he is going to do those things in his time, and we can pray for that. But there are things in the meantime that we must do. We mustn't be passive, sitting around, waiting for God to do something. No, there are clear instructions. We've got plenty to get on with right now. There is so much for us to be doing right now in our discipleship, in our walk with God. And so let us pray. Lord, I do pray that you would be with us all uh, today, that you would help us, you'd give us all wisdom and uh, help us to know how to live in faith and how to live for you in our everyday lives. Today, may we please you. May we learn how to please you today in our living. And we do pray together right now that you will clear a way, that you will make a path where there is no path, that you will indeed be the way maker, the miracle worker, who will do a wonderful thing to restore us to life with one another, life with our friends and family, we ask you to make a way where there is no way. In Jesus' name, amen.